You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth University Athletics. Here are your hosts, Eddie Acapinti and Greg Viscomi. Welcome you back. Another edition of Hawk Talk. Greg Viscomi, Eddie Acapinti here with you and with the season. I guess we're hours away at this point. It's gone from weeks to days to Fall sports are really just about ready to get, to get competing. We'll talk about that with our guest today, who we'll bring on in just a minute, Ben Zikowski from the men's soccer program. But, Greg, we are we're in it now. Games start this week. Yeah, I mean, I was just looking at the schedule. Women's soccer, I think, opens up tomorrow. Tomorrow at Lehigh. Tomorrow at Lehigh. That was our last podcast guest, head coach Ky- uh, Kylie Flynn. Um, and then that's our first broadcast as well on Sunday when the women um, host Albany. And it's Albany, by the way. They try to do a weird thing with the U. Well, listen, I got scolded at our football game because we had the wrong logo up. And they were like, oh, can you please replace that with the U Albany logo? I was like, sure. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Hey, it's all about branding. So it that's- is. No, I mean, listen, we, we've complained when people have put up the wrong stuff when we've been on the road. Sure. And if people go as far as saying what they prefer, we will do the best we can to do that, obviously. Um, so that is this Sunday. And then... The men's soccer team's first game, they have a scrimmage tonight, but their first game is a back end of a doubleheader next week. It's next Thursday with the women's team. The women take on FDU. The men take on St. John's. We'll talk about that in a big game. A whole bunch more with Ben. But before we get to Ben, how you doing today? You good? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. We got, um, we're just in the, in the swing of things. Got a lot of, the, the move to CA has been really good, positive in terms of uh, media requests and stuff, specifically around right now around football, so that's good. Basketball schedules just came out. Obviously, we're talking fall sports. They're right around the corner. It's, uh, it's a busy time. It is a busy time. It's a good time. It, it, it's that time of year where we all get to where we're like, summer's great, but it's time. Yeah, it's time to start competing, and and competing is what our guest today does and does as well as anyone around. And Ben Zikowski is going to join us now. And you know, Ben, first of all, we appreciate you taking the time out of the training schedule with, like we mentioned, scrimmage tonight. You know, game in just a few days, so we appreciate a few minutes. Yeah, of course, anytime. But did it throw you out of your rhythm that we made you come on? A, like I was looking, <laughs> and and we we're like, you know, Eddie and I talk about wanting to get somebody from each of the. The, the fall sports and a lot of times we pick a coach and I was like, you know what? Like the best podcasts we do are with the kids, like with kids, I shouldn't say it, with our student athletes. Um, yeah. Don't use that metric because compared to us, Ben's a kid, but like yeah. compared to us, a lot of people are kids. 100%. So we'll go student. Yeah. So with the student athletes. So I was like, you know, all right, let's try to get men's soccer in here. And then I looked at the schedule. I was like, oh, they have a scrimmage tonight. I was like, oh, are they going to be cool with that? So did we throw you out of your, your pregame rhythm at all? No, no, not at all. Actually. I, I kind of appreciate being here. I mean, kind of just, Get me ready for tonight. Um, me getting out of bed, so I'm not laying down in bed all day. It gives me <laughs> something to do, honestly, during the day. Take, take us through. Um, well, well, we'll get. We usually wrap up with some pregame rituals, so we'll do that later. But take us through your team a little bit. Introduce your team. You know, go. If, I don't know if you want to go position by position, but even if you, you know, you want to talk about like yourself and, and the other guys up front, or then then run us through some midfielders. Like introduce introduce some people to the Hawks. Yeah. So, um, I mean. Starting off my my freshman year, uh, we didn't have the great the best season I should say. Um, I think we came out with like three wins throughout our whole whole season. That's including non conference. And then sophomore year, we uh, coaches really brought the program around with um, four new inter- international recruits. They brought um, two current captains as well, Luke McBeth and Chris Kramer. Um, both of those kids have been a huge success to us, and as well as uh, Bastion Hatcher. Um, all three of them have played a crucial role in the success of the team, and one unfortunately graduated, Jonas Lindler, the German uh, German recruit. Um, they completely changed our program. Uh, sophomore year, we went from three wins my freshman year to winning the the MAC final my sophomore year, and even making a getting a win in the NCAA tournament. So, which is huge. Yeah, he's huge. humble about it, but that was that was huge. He, Everybody's he, locked he in. He threw that in like it was <laughs> just another accomplishment. By hey, way. I mean, uh, that's what we're going for. You know, mom is not obviously the biggest school, but we want to be a, be amongst the top names, and to do that, you, you you can't make these big schools feel like they're any bit any bigger or better than we are. So that's great. So junior last year, junior year, w- walk us through that a little bit. 
Um, our junior year, so we got off to a strong start, and we were five and zero in our conference. And then we hit we hit a rocky road. Um, two of our key players got injured, and things weren't going in our favor. So we ended up going five and five, which isn't the end of the world because we still made it to um into the playoffs where we faced. St. Peter's first round at their home field, which is very poor conditions. Um, pretty pretty bad field there, but, you know, we ended up pulling out a win in the final seconds of the game, and that was, a, that was just another, another step up for us. So then we had our um, next game at Marist, who were, ended up winning the, the conference tournament. They were a very solid team. They ended up losing first round of the NCAA tournament, but... Yeah, that was that was a pretty good season for us, but not good enough. We have high expectations, especially coming into the CAA. I, I feel like, Ben, your time here, it, it really mirrors what the soccer program, you know, ha, has how far they've come. You know, and take everyone back to the fall of, of 19, where you, to use this phrase, doesn't do it justice. You burst onto the scene and you're scoring goals and you obviously get so much attention for not only the way you're scoring goals, but the way you celebrate those goals as well. But Mm -hmm. take us all the way back through to 2019. You know, Monmouth was coming off a really tough year the year before, but what were those, I guess, key things you noticed in yourself and in your teammates that led you to believe, you know what, we are the group that's going to bring it back? Yeah, from a a personal standpoint, uh, the beginning of the season, wasn't wasn't too great for me either, you know. We started off slow, coming in as a freshman. Uh, confidence is low, self esteem is low. Everything's pretty low. Like we we weren't performing as we should have. We lost a, a bunch of tight games. Unfortunately, like we were losing like many games by a goal or two, or in overtime. And it took me halfway through the season to realize that. Although these guys are my teammates and I respect everyone who's older than me and the captains and whoever, um, I'm here just as they are. You know, I'm I'm here to win. I'm here to perform. Uh, so really, I believe Sienna was the the first game I ended up scoring a goal, and from that point on, I realized that you know, like I'm here earning my spot. I'm here working working hard. So that was really the kickstart for me. For my personal career, although it wasn't the best season as a team, I realized that my confidence has to stay up. And because during the beginning of the season, it was it was pretty low, like I said previously, and that just led me to a good end of the season where I looked at myself and I looked at my teammates and I said, "We are capable of winning games, and we are capable of being a high performing team." But that all came down to the way that we all act and we we all carry each other. So. Well, s- seven goals in that freshman season, you get all rookie attention. And, and I remember, you know, Greg being there, because we've been here long enough to remember when Mammoth Soccer was a top 10, top yeah. five team in the country. And you, you start looking and you could see it was coming back. And you see, you know, Ben, like you mentioned, the one goal loss. But then you start seeing what Ben and a lot of his teammates that are still here start doing. And that, you know, was, okay, we see what these coaches are talking about now. We can see that this is the group, similar to the group from, goodness, like 2006, 2007, when Coach McDonald was on the team, that would bring the program back then. Yeah, and definitely. And, and I think we can't downplay how important it is that when that team is good, when men's soccer is good on this campus. Like, it's fun out there at Hesfield. Like, it's loud. We've had great great crowds cheering. I mean, one of the best games that in my 16 years that I've been a part of was when we hosted UConn out there. Like, it was awesome. I would venture to say, and goodness, Ben, how old were you? What was it, 2008? That was eight. So what grade were you in 08? I was, well, I was born in 2000, so I was seven or eight. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you oh, go. Boy. So This took a bit dark turn. <laughs> we, we could probably say... That's a top 10, like, outdoor sport at Mammoth all time. Yeah. And, I mean, there were probably – I don't want to overinflate it, but to say, what, there's three, four – There's probably 2,500. A thousand people here, five deep. 3,000 people are all on the It was awesome. We had to bring in extra bleachers. Yeah, it was cool. It was crazy. It was fun. So I think that's, like that, – that's how important that program is. And, and I know – I'm sure Coach McDonald and I'm sure the alums and I'm sure obviously Coach McCourt, who who has been the the leader of this program for oh so many years, tries to drum that into the young guys of like what this place can be with the right guys, with the right breaks. I mean, soccer's a lot of times just about breaks, like ball gets through, whatever. Um, 
and, and it's so important to the campus when when it when it's back humming like that. And that's why I think it's exciting to see like you know the win two years ago, and then ha- how you guys played. Like we went up to to Marist, like it was yep. a fun match. Like they were good, um, and it was close and it was competitive. Um, so like, is that instilled upon you? Like like how important soccer is to Monmouth University? Like when when you're when you're being recruited, or, or do you instill that on on some of the other young guys when they're here? Um. So. From the beginning, when the coaches recruited us and we were freshmen, especially me, Griffin Tomas, Julian Gomez, who unfortunately isn't here, Anthony Arena, who also isn't here, but my freshman class, our coaches talked to us from day one, told us they had a lot of faith in us, and they knew our work ethic and how we wanted to be a championship team. We, I was aware, I had a cousin who played uh, goalie here, actually, a handful of years back, and I knew just the history that Monmouth has had with their soccer program and how successful they were. So the coaches told us and took it upon us to change the the culture here. They wanted us to bring back the work ethic, bring back that dog mentality where we're just not letting team, well, when teams are better or worse than us, we play to our best potential and we work hard until we, we get what we want and get what we need. So I believe that was instilled through the coaches and they taught, told us um, – to bring the culture and keep it going, and that's just seen throughout the ne- the last few years. So the recruiting class they brought, everyone has comes to practice. Everyone's taking it seriously. No joking around. It's all it's it's all competitive. Uh, I mean, there's fights that go on in practice. Obviously, just just straight through competitiveness. You know, like our teammates, we want to win, and we'll do whatever it takes. So, yep. Well, that attitude we really saw on display, and I think the the most telling thing about the way that you and your classmates and teammates work was how you played throughout that kind of pandemic shortened season. You know, that season in a very short sample, you had all kinds of adversity and to go through and win a championship in the hardest of conditions. Was that the kind of thing that everyone needed the tangible thing to say, you know what, if we do prepare and we train the right way that you can get the result that you want. Yeah. I mean, that was obviously a extremely difficult season we had the fall where we weren't even practicing or we had five people like maximum per practice. Then going to spring where we had our new recruits and we figured out we had a season and, you know, we obviously there was a lot of limitations to what we could do on and off the field, whether that be going to see friends, going to see family, going out to eat. We were all cautious of the, uh, of COVID obviously. So we we figured that if we were if we were gonna all all buy in, we all had to buy in together, and you know that's how it went, and everything worked out as planned. So we ended up going to North Carolina after that. That was a great season. Well, down three one at Niagara. All right, so so take me take us the listeners and, and Greg and I through what was that halftime like? What down three one in a game you need to win to get into the postseason? This started a, a run of postseason wins for this team that really developed a personality of an underdog. So what was that? What was halftime in the middle of Niagara, freezing cold? We know the playing conditions up there. You're down three one. What was that speech like among your teammates? Um, I mean the speech was Huey and Coach McCork getting us all all riled up, getting ready to go out, go out strong in the second half, and I think. As a team, it went from our starting lineup to to the bench players who all played a, a crucial role in that victory. And I'm saying just in that short time as well as the whole season, um, everyone was energized. Everyone came out flying in the second half. And I really believe that that second half was, and the, the game in general, it was just a whole display of what our real season was like. We obviously, like you said, were put through a lot of adversities in the in the beginning. And then we all realized that, if we were going to make sacrifices, then we have to be all in. And we all worked hard together and ended up pulling out a victory there. That was big. Yeah, it was, you know, and Greg, you mentioned it. We, we've been able to follow this team on the road. And then through the that MAC tournament, it was just they have to go back to Niagara, win again, <laughs> win at Ryder. That, the game at Quinnipiac was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been around. Jeff and I were the, like, lone, because, again, fans were limited, right? I think it was just, like, Quinnipiac students and, and maybe a few parents. So a few, thousand, a few thousand of them and then me and the athletic director who's now here just kind of sitting there and um, it really was remarkable to, to see. And then like Ben mentioned, you know, the win over Bowling Green, you know, obviously no one would forget. 
Yeah, no. Uh, and so take us back to um, when you're getting recruited to, to come to Monmouth. What else did you have going on? You obviously said your cousin played here a couple of years ago or a couple of years back. So you, you kind of know, knew about it, but, but why, why come to, why come to Monmouth? I'm sure you had other opportunities. Um, so another big part of it was, um, one of my close friends from home, his older brother who also coached me throughout my, uh, throughout when I was younger and his partner. So, well, his, uh, his coworker, I guess you could say Matt Beverin and Cesar Blasido. They both coached me yep. when I was younger. They both Monmouth greats. Yeah. Monmouth. So they were both at Monmouth. They, uh, they talked to me and told me what it was like at Monmouth and, I, like I said before, they, they told me the history. I knew how successful the program was going to be. And from there, I went to an ID camp uh, here at Monmouth, and McCourt offered me, offered me a spot. So I took it, and I knew what I was getting myself into. Uh, my other options were, were good, but I, I saw Monmouth as, as a perfect fit. I knew right from the, right from the start. Great names from Monmouth Soccer Pass, yeah, by the way. Yeah, Matt Caesar Beverly. and he was here with his brother and then you know Matt Beverin transferred in actually and that was I was working really closely with the soccer team then it was bring back the great memories so now as you have ascended right from that young freshman we just talked about who came in and, and really earned a spot now one of the older guys now right now one of the leaders on this team and you've been a leader since you were a young player but how is the vantage point different now from you know helping young players in training versus now preparing for you know obviously this all-important historic season in the CAA so uh, from the start, I mean, coming out as a freshman is undeniably one of the most difficult things to do. Um, I've never been put through a situation like that, and it, it's difficult to come in as a freshman, you know, with all the confidence in the world to play like you do in high school where the competition's just completely different. And you kind of grow into the program and grow into the, the competition and just the culture and what everything is like with the team. And... From there, you know, it's you, you just gotta you just gotta keep moving forward, keep growing with the team, growing with your players, start to get comfortable around coaches and your teammates. And from there, um, I mean now I'm a I'm a senior. I, it's gone by incredibly quick. And so this year I've came in with a completely different attitude. I was named one of the captains this year. And I just wanna I just wanna show the guys and the younger guys that we are historically an incredible program and we will be in the future as well and that all comes from you know the seniors and the leadership and the coaches all the way down to the freshmen we want to show the freshmen and the sophomores what a team should look like and what a winning team and a successful team should look like that comes from being accountable and responsible and I mean you know like us captains we take the balls out of the pod and put the pennies away every day. You know, we want to show the freshmen and sophomores that it's not that being a captain doesn't mean you just get to rule everyone and bully everyone around. You are responsible and you have to be accountable for, for basically everything. You know, you have to own up to your mistakes on and off the field and you just gotta, you just gotta be a leader. You know, that's, everyone's got their own, got their own definition of a role model or a leader, but you know, we try to be, the best that we can us four captains. So you mentioned the young guys, who's a guy so far that that's maybe a freshman or a transfer that, um, that you think that Monmouth fans should really get excited about. Um, I, th I think we got one good one coming up from, uh, from Connecticut, Patrick, um, Ozieski, I believe, um, him and Griffin Tomas are both very, very similar kids and players, uh, both, Live 15 minutes away in small Connecticut town. Uh, soccer, soccer there is good. It's not the best, especially at the high school level. But you know, both came in quiet, and Griffin obviously took time, broke out of his shell. I I believe Griffin's gonna have an incredible season this year. He's been looking really sharp this summer and at the start of the season. And Patrick's very similar. You know, he's quiet. He works his ass off. Um, good, good technically, very good kid. And I think it just takes some a year maybe to break out of his shell, get comfortable. And I think he's going to be a star player, to be honest. And we obviously, I'm, I'm impressed with everyone we have coming in. Um, I just see that Patrick is very similar to Griffin. And I, I think that that will, Patrick will uh, end up being very good for our team. 
I kind of put you on the spot there, but, yeah. but no, it's good. I mean, like nobody has, you know, obviously us around campus, you get to get a look, but nobody's seen this team yet. I mean, you guys played up at, at Rutgers, but you know, like people are really going to start to see. So it's good to, to, to look back in like three, four weeks and be like, oh yeah, Ben told us about, about him. He, he is good. He well, is, he is turning some heads. Yeah. And, and like Ben said, that, that kind of you know the the process of of getting comfortable with college and getting comfortable with maybe a spot on the team that's really the most in- interesting thing that i think we get to see throughout non-conference into conference mm-hmm. season and you know you mentioned you know griffin and patrick and and you know you also mentioned how you got to monmouth was a link to the past well i know griffin was i think coached and mentored by ryan kenny who's a monmouth hall mm-hmm. of famer yeah, patrick as well fame. actually um coached by kenny that's how that, I think that's part of the reason he's here as well. That's awesome. So that and, and it's it's interesting that it's Ryan because um, we watched all the games he played. We watched all the games <laughs> so that good. that Ben has played. Man, I would have loved to seen you and Ryan next playing next to each other, off each other, up that's top. A lot of points. That would have been that's awesome. A lot of goals. <laughs> so so this you know we know how important the CAA is, right? And Greg and I talk about it every week on the podcast. What it means, not just for athletics here at Monmouth, but for the university. But you know, Ben, take us now into the mindset of a student athlete, right? You're the one, you and your teammates and classmates are the ones who are going to be playing these games on the field in you know this great conference. We knew what it meant. What did it mean to you and your teammates when you found this news out and what excites you most about the upcoming season being that it is this historic conference change for Monmouth? Um, the boys are, are flying about it. I mean, I've never been more excited. Obviously, the, the Mac was great. I loved it. But I, I also love change. Um I'm super excited to play some of these games. I know we have some some great competition in this league, but I, I know everyone is ecstatic about going down, traveling to different different states, different schools, playing on some beautiful grass pitches. Um, I mean, that we've just never been more excited. We have a great out-of-conference schedule as well, and I think the coaches are doing a wonderful job setting up all these scrimmages, these games. They're, they're doing... They're doing exactly like what what we want, and you know we're playing very good competition. I think better competition than we have in the past, and we want to we want to show ourselves. You know, uh, the preseason polls just came out. Monmouth was ranked seventh. I mean, I think we would have liked to be even lower. Um, we play best when we're playing as underdogs, as we've seen in the past, and we've we're just so excited to get the season rolling. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the schedule, thrown right into the into the CAA fire with UNCW, I think it was the preseason favorites. Uh, Hofstra. Hofstra yeah, was. But UNCW, a really good second, team, right? Second, exactly. Second as well. And Hofstra won 18 matches last year, went yeah. to the Sweet 16. And they were a top 10 team, I think, when it was all yeah. said and done. So you got them back-to-back. These are both home. Um, both Saturdays, September 3rd, UNCW at 1 p.m., come over. Watch the Hawks and go about your Labor Day weekend. And then what could be better than a doubleheader on campus the following Saturday? Come over, watch football, play Fordham, and then head over to the Great Lawn at night and cheer on cheer on these guys uh, with soccer playing uh, host to a ranked Hofstra team. I know that I will be trying to finish my work after football as fast as I can to get over there and, and cheer on these guys because I am super excited uh, for the start of the CAA with uh, – with the boys on the pitch, as they say. Yeah, and, and it's a it's an interesting schedule because it's different than, I think, Mom at the scene in the past, where now it used to be a front-loaded non-conference schedule mm-hmm. with then all-conference matches in a row. You know, now it takes on a look almost like a, a European schedule in the sense of the biggest matches, which are the conference matches, are now on the weekends with midweek. You know, it's almost like baseball, Greg, in that way, where, yeah. you know, you have non-conference kind of th- thrown in the middle. I love that schedule. I think it's a great way to get everyone on the team involved. And, you know, Ben, you mentioned you love change. So that's another change on top of a conference change, you know, that will be going on this year. Yeah. Um, I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited about it. I think it's a great idea. Um, I mean, this, from the starters to the non-starters, everyone's going to play a crucial role in this season. Uh, I mean, we need everyone, everyone stepping up, you know, that comes from on the bench. That comes from me. If I'm not able to play in a certain game, you know, my importance off the on the bench is just as important as it would be on the field, you know. Uh, there's nothing better than having a team supporting you from the bench, uh, like some some loud guys that are just that are just there to support you through the ups and downs of the, of the game. Um, that's huge for us. So Wednesdays, you said, are non-conference, and yep. Saturday, the weekends are conference games. That's, that's perfect. I, I love the schedule. 
Yeah, I love that too. It's, it's I think it brings in some more tactics, right? Like somebody needs a rest, and, and obviously you want to win every game. Every coach that's ever coached a Division One sport, Division any sport, wants to win every game. But, you, you know, now it's like, okay, if Ben's feeling a little tired after a, a grind on Saturday against whoever, now we're playing a non-conference game on Tuesday or Wednesday. You know what? Maybe we can kind of sit him, rest his legs, because we're right back at it on Saturday. So I don't know. I think I think you're right. It's more of a, you know, like I think there are some soccer purists that would love to play once a week throughout the entire year. Uh, you know, I've talked with Coach McDonald and Coach McCord a little bit about that. It's just I don't know if it's feasible, you know, for most of us to, with staffing and everything. But I think this is a good concession if if it is that. Yeah, it seems like the perfect kind of compromise between that idea versus the old way of doing it. Right. And, and now you give coaches the flexibility to now, you know, kind of do that with playing time with the rosters with, you know, really assessing, you know, student athletes on a week to week basis, not on a, Oh man, we have our eight most important games right. in Everybody's the course of the playing. next four weeks. Right. And that's not soccer. And it's, it's not, you know, and I think it's obviously college and professional are different, but you want it to be as close to, you know, the purest form of the game, you know, for example, like, like what they do with the example of baseball, where you're not playing two seven inning double headers, you're playing a nine inning game. Like we're talking about with Ben and soccer, you're playing your most important games on the weekends, Mm -hmm. which kind of Ben leads me into my next question. And I'm curious. So we all have different favorite teams that we root for, not Monmouth. We all root for Monmouth, but I'm talking about kind of the other, you know, the professional or the international ranks. So, uh, did you, as you were growing up and as you were finding your kind of identity as a soccer player, who were the people that you kind of looked up to? Um, so specifically, my favorite soccer player is either Lionel Messi, of course, the GOAT of soccer, in my opinion, or uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And I mean, there's some youngsters who are who I really love to watch now, like Phil Foden. Uh, I mean, my team is Manchester City, so that's a, that's a big one for me. I love all the guys on the roster, so... Just picked up Erling Holland, Norwegian striker who's phenomenal. So, <laughs> I, more so than any other sport, I feel like, and no disrespect to the other sports here, I feel like soccer players are more in tune with the professional international scene than, and maybe everyone is like the basketball guys know about the NBA, but I feel like like Ben dropping that yeah, knowledge on it's just oh, like matter of fact. It, it makes me think it's like <laughs> <laughs> if you if you went over to England, let's say for 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 sake, and you walked up to someone and were like, hey, uh, who's your favorite NFL team, like? They'd be like, what? <laughs> they probably more so now than two, maybe 20 years ago, but you're not very yeah, far Yeah, but they off. couldn't rip off like... What Ben just did. Yeah, right. I, I think most... And that's kind of amazing. Like, I, I have a lot of respect for, like, what they've done to market that team. You know, like, you flip on on a Saturday or Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, like... Their their matches are on. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like it, Premier League it, matches are all over the place. It makes you have to get Peacock. It makes you have to. Mm. What did I do with Coach McDonald? We had to do like a password share. We had to like exchange. Yeah, he's got like Fubo, I think, which has like a bazillion soccer channels. <laughs> well, he does, and he also had Paramount because Paramount's yeah, got Paramount a whole bunch. Champions League. Has that made it hard to follow all your favorite teams? I mean, yeah. Every morning I gotta see whether games are on Peacock or like NBC <laughs> Sports. I mean, I gotta like flip through the channels and stuff like that. I mean, it's a blast though. The the culture is great. You can just tell by turning on the TV how insane these games are. And they're midday. They're just everywhere. They're all over Europe. There there's multiple divisions. Obviously, there's you could go to La Liga. You could go to League One. You could go you could go anywhere. Even the MLS today is is growing. You yeah. know, it's it's taking over, and I love it. Like it's, it's I love to see it. So let's let's go into the classroom. What um what's your major? Okay. Um. Go ahead. Um, business marketing. Okay. What What is your favorite class you've taken so far since, since you've been here? Oh, I got to think about that one. Um, you've been putting Ben on the spot the whole Yeah, he's all right. Episode. He can handle it. He's a senior um, now. He's a senior now. <laughs> Let's see. What was it? I took a class last year with, last semester, um, with Professor Keller. I think it was, um, might have been intercultural communications i had okay. uh, luke Macbeth in my class uh my friend from my <laughs> truly from, intercultural uh, communications yeah from my teammate <laughs> from scotland it was a it was a blast professor keller was the nicest woman ever loved it so much it was a nice blast. What, what what is what's up for ben post soccer whenever that is whenever it ends what do you want to do uh i mean I, i've tried to think about it I, I mean i me and uh my teammate griffin tomas right now I don't have any. I haven't been doing any internships or anything over the summer because we've been. Uh, we actually own an LLC, me and him, and one of my uh, 
roommates that lives with us doesn't play soccer. So I'd love to go into something with, with soccer. I've recently been putting a lot of thought into it because obviously that time is going to come eventually. And, you know, I got I got to get everything sorted. So I think we would love to do something soccer-oriented. Me and Griffin are both in love with the sport. We love everything that comes with it, whether it comes coaching or or whatever. So What – um. What's the LLC for? Like, have you started or you just incorporated? Uh, we just really incorporated it, like, sometime last year. Right now, we, we have a lot of – we have a following on social media. Um, you, you can – I mean, throw it out there. Come on. Yeah, go uh, for it. You can use uh, this to promote yeah, that. Yeah, so um, our TikTok is there Division One Fitness. And right now, we have 40,000 followers, I believe, and, like, 1.7 million likes throughout, throughout our, uh, throughout our uh, channel. So – was that like extend pump that. it up again. Division one fitness. Division one fitness on TikTok. Yeah, on TikTok. Get over and follow it and start <laughs> liking. Yeah. So I mean, me and Griffin just—it's not—it's nothing crazy right now. We just—we just love what we do. You know, we're out at the field doing drills and stuff, and the following's big. It's actually—it it was really surprising to me that how many people want to see what we have in store. They know we're college athletes. They want to know what we did to get to where we are. Um, they love seeing what we do, especially all the, the little kids that are on social media. They, they're impressed. They, you know, they want to hear more every, about everything we do. So it's, just, it's, it's honestly great. I love it. That's awesome. Well, they, I mean, those are big numbers and you know, yeah. we can talk about after the podcast done recording, how you can maybe do some more with that. That's great. Yeah. I was excited that we're almost at 3000 downloads of our podcast. <laughs> I feel like the numbers with TikTok are just so crazy where yeah. Ben threw that out like. Oh, yeah. Like, that would be like me saying, oh, I got 30 likes on a tweet, and I would be patting myself on the back. Ben's like, yeah, 1.7. No big deal. <laughs> but that's a great way to – so, obviously, check that out. Um, obviously, want you to come check out this great men's soccer program. Again, their uh, home opener is going to be uh, – it's Thursday, August 25th, against St. John's, a team that is receiving national votes right now, uh, a team that uh, I know that – Coach McCourt and Coach McDonald were excited to get in here. There is some history there. I want to say it was Monmouth's first NCAA tournament bid under Coach McCourt. When Huey was on the team, they played St. John's. So mm -hmm. are you guys as well aware of this kind of, you know, it's it's a rivalry in the sense that both teams have been good, but it's not because they don't play each other so often. So, Ben, so how excited are you for that matchup? I mean, I'm flying. I know St. John's has had a, has had a really good pass, especially in the last few years. I know they did well in the their league and the tournament. Um, but you know, we want to show everyone that we're a top team in New Jersey and on the East coast, you know, like this is big for us. Like I said before, the coaches did a great job getting good competition this year. Obviously we just had a scrimmage against Rutgers. Um, didn't go as planned, but you know, that was our fourth day of preseason and they were there practicing for over a month. And, you know, we had a <laughs> fair share of chances. We, we did really well. And St. John's coming up. It's our first regular season game, so I mean, I'm I'm so excited. I think all the guys are are extremely extremely ready and prepared to get out there and you know show them what we got. Before we jump into to fun questions, one more one more uh, team has got a, a good international flavor now. Um, a lot of Norwegians. Uh, as an older guy, like how do you try to? I'm sure a lot of them are here for the first time. I've never been to America. And they're away from home, and, and they're in college, and they're not near their parents. Like, how do you guys try to like acclimate them to to not only Monmouth University and not only New Jersey, but being in a f foreign country? Um, you know, so the Americans on our team and the internationals who are already here do an amazing job of showing the new guys what we're about and how how we do everything, how everything operates, whether it's on campus or off campus, and. All the new guys, all the internationals that I've seen at my, at my time at Monmouth, they've all been extremely open and extremely easy. You know, like everyone's everyone that the coaches recruit are great people. You know, not just soccer players; they're great off the field as well. We've never had any issues with any of the international guys, and they they're always great. They work hard. They and they you know they respect the coaches. They respect the each other. And they do a fantastic job of, you know, getting acclimated to America and Monmouth. So, yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool to have teammates from all over the world and know that maybe one day down the road you go and visit them back in wherever. Yeah, it's a it's a great experience, not only because they're coming to us, but we learned so much about, you know, their culture and 
how they go about everything. So it's a uh, it's it's great from both perspectives. And we've seen, you know, obviously soccer is the global game. And especially those last few years of Mammoth and the Mac, you started to see more of that. There was always a few international players that dotted a roster, but but really not as much as there is now. So it is it is remarkable to see. And, you know, I'm sure, Ben, that, that leads you guys. There's a lot of learning that takes place between you and your teammates and everyone else. So now we get to learn a little bit more about you. And I know it's hard for people to talk about themselves, but <laughs> you're the guest on the podcast. So here we go. So... Greg mentioned it earlier. We, we try to, you know, kind of introduce our guests to our listeners and to the Mammoth fans. That's who downloads the podcast. And thankfully, they've been doing it really well. Um, so take us now through your off the field interests. Now, I know soccer consumes your life. You just told us. You even told us your favorite team and the transactions that happened this week about your favorite team. Mm-hmm. But take soccer out of the equation. What are the maybe a couple of things that take up now? You could. We know schoolwork, so save schoolwork. <laughs> but what are the things that take up the most of, of your time, either their hobbies or just things that you enjoy doing to give you a little break from soccer? Um, so, for instance, this summer uh, didn't consist of a lot. Consisted of me waking up in the morning, going to work. Uh, after work, I would go home and I would go to work out with my mom most days. I, I mean, I love family. I'm very family-oriented. I love my dog. Um those are all big things to me. I have a girlfriend as well. So, I mean, family and friends take up a lot of my free time if soccer is not part of it at the moment. And so this summer was honestly pretty repetitive throughout the day. Uh, those are like my top priorities goes school and soccer, family and friends and work and whatnot. I mean, I'm very interested in like shoes are big and like fashion, I guess you could say. It's a big part of some of the things I enjoy, but you know, it's I'm I'm a pretty simple guy. Um, I love hanging out with my friends. That's that's really big to me. I love being around people. That's why I was like extremely excited to come to preseason. I was excited to get the bonding going with the guys. You know, being in the dorms together, going to D hall together, and I mean it's it's been great so far. So I mean I'm not I'm not too complex. Um, <laughs> I like to keep it simple. You know. I like social media. Like I said, I have my page with my with my friend. You know, that's really all I have going on. It's nothing nothing too crazy. What uh, what other sports did you play in high school? Ooh, um, so high school beginning of high school was when I really transitioned to strictly soccer. All right, so growing and up, I really wish I did that earlier. But when I was younger, I was extremely interested in basketball. Basketball was a huge sport of mine. Um, I mean, I would dedicate the fall and uh, well, beginning of fall and like mainly spring to soccer. And during the winter time, I'd always been in, in the gym grinding basketball. Unfortunately, I didn't hit a growth spurt like my brother did. But, <laughs> you know, um, basketball was big. I played lacrosse for a little bit. I played baseball. You know, never tried football or hockey or anything, even though I like I did enjoy those sports. My dad played that or football growing up. But, you know, he really changed into a – he's really a s- soccer fanatic at this point. So, <laughs> That's great. The 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 thing that we like to always find out about people is kind of their entertainment habits and you know what you're watching. But are you a big like you said? So much of of what you just mentioned kind of takes up your time. Are you you know are you a movie guy? Are you you know are there shows that you like to binge? Or are you more kind of a casual fan? Like yeah, I'll flip I'll flip something on, but I'm not too consistent. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not a big show or movie guy because if I am, I'll watch a sh- I'll turn on it. Like if I start a show. Odds are I'll finish it within, like, three days. Uh, I mean, I watched Peaky <laughs> Blinders this summer. I, I finished it pretty fast. Um, but I'm, I'm not a huge show guy. I, when movies are on, I'll watch a movie. I don't mind. But I'm not, like, a movie fanatic or anything like that. But I do like, um, obviously, I just like watching soccer during the weekends. That's really my go-to right now. So so then now you're, you know, obviously a high-performing Division One student-athlete. So let's kind of change it up a little bit. What are you eating in a day? Give me the Ooh. Benzikowski diet. Breakfast, okay. lunch, and dinner on like an average day. Um, are we talking at home or now that I'm at D Hall? Uh, <laughs> let's, let's go at home. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, at home, usually I'll start off with like eggs or eggs and avocado. I'll throw it on a bagel, maybe egg cheese avocado. Um, that's usually my breakfast. Big eggs guy, big big bagel guy from North Jersey, of course. <laughs> um, lunch. So my parents weren't very happy with me. They thought it was a uh, they were bothered that all I would eat was chicken and rice this summer because I wanted to. I I was never been more excited to come back to Monmouth, and you know, obviously with Tim Ream as our uh, 
as our fitness coach, I was a, a little nervous coming in, getting ready, getting prepared. So I tried to stick to a strict diet of chicken and rice. Now, I, I mean, now that I'm already here, it's, it's not as strict. But before, when I was preparing, going to the gym, working out every day, going to the field every day, I, I was a little more strict with it. So I would just stick to um, chicken, rice, chipotle mayo was my big condiment. So <laughs> that, that was basically lunch. And then if my parents made dinner, I'd eat that. But if they didn't make dinner, I'd... Chicken and rice for dinner as well. That was it. Oh, look at yeah, that kid yeah. consistent. Coach Reem's yeah. going to love that. Yeah. High protein. Get the carbs up. Yeah. So. Bringing them in. Uh, last one. What uh, What's one song you really got to listen to before you walk out on uh, walk out on the field? Ooh. Ooh. I, I think that changes. That changes for me pretty often. Um, I mean, I, I have like a genre of different genre of music taste. I like rap music, hip hop. I like. I don't know what you call it, maybe like party music or like house music almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think if there's one artist who will really get me fired up, it's probably like Lil Baby consistently because I, I think I can listen to many of his songs and it'll get me going for sure. All right, Lil Baby. Well, there we go. We know what Ben's eating before the game and we know what is in his headphones before the game. Chicken and rice, Lil Baby. <laughs> so we're good to go. You know, again, like we mentioned, uh, Ben and the team back on the field tonight, a scrimmage against Seton Hall. But the season opener for this team is the home opener. It's August 25th, second game of a doubleheader with the women's team, 7 o'clock against St. John's. Ben, thanks for, uh, for for the time. That was the fastest 41 minutes, hopefully, that you have all week. So yeah, we appreciate of it. Of course. Pretty easy. Thanks, Ben. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, man. always great to catch up with a student athlete and you know greg we had some really over the last few weeks we've had coaches we've had alums come on but great to talk to ben i feel like our best hawk talks you always say this our best hawk talks with no disrespect to anybody else are our current student athletes and getting to know them better yeah i just feel like i find them the most interesting I, maybe our our fans do too i only talk to a few different people about them but they seem to like the, getting to know the student athletes and, and i think the whole point is like yeah we had tony musket on but but we always want to try to let's talk to some people that don't normally you don't know about. You know, we we obviously have to have like our best players on or our most well-known players. But like, you know, Ben, like you, we were just talking off air, you know, like high and by, you know, does a couple interviews with you after the field. But like, let's really get to know him. And I think that's the best thing. But, you know, when we talk about guests, we go back and forth like, oh, we really should have this coach on. We should have that coach on. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? Let's have a kid. Let's have a kid. I did it again. Let's have a student athlete from that program on. Yes. Because they're still representing that program. They're still going to get people interested in that program. But we're going to talk a little bit about them more than just talking about, you know, an entire program. So. Well, and, and you know what? We've got a, a great loyal listener base that is growing and the downloads are going yeah. up. And we want you to subscribe, rate, review, and listen to all of our Hawk Talks. 2,999. So by the time someone listens to this, it'll be over 3,000. I hope so. 3,000. I want, my goal was to have 3,000 downloads in the first 20 episodes. This is episode 27. So missed it by a little bit, but there's still time. And I think that's a little misleading too, because a lot of people listen without downloading. Because on like Apple, for example, you can listen without downloading Downloading the episode. You know, so really those are... Uh, I don't think I, they give me just listens, and I have to go jump through the dashboard here. Well, that's what I'm saying. A download is a really... Like, that means someone is most likely... And here's why you do that, and everyone knows this. You do that when you think you maybe don't have the best service in the world, or like on an airplane. Right, if you're going somewhere, let me get Exactly. Some so that's a really good number. So That's a great idea, Eddie. If you're traveling, download some Hawk Talk. Episodes. Oh, I always do that. Before you get on the plane, on the ride up... Make sure that you have whatever shows and podcasts that you want and make sure Hawk Talk is one of them. You want to subscribe, rate, review, and listen. And not only that, tell your friends, but also if you have someone that you want to hear from, let us know. Yeah. Like Go in the comments somebody, on Twitter. If you think somebody's going to be great, and don't be clowns. No, don't, don't say don't like... Don't be like someone who's a total don't introvert. Don't say like Bill Boylan. Who, yeah, who hasn't... Yeah. No, he's not around anymore. No right, offense. Right. Or somebody who's a total introvert is going to hate every minute of it. But right. like, you know, I feel like we have so many like really interesting student athletes we could probably do one of these every other day sure if we had the time uh, and, and you know what there's you know there's a, a great fan who comes to a lot of games here and a lot of basketball games his name is bob he sits right behind me um really nice guy always kind of chats me up and, and he t- 
he'll comment almost every single a great episode I listen to it. So whether it's Bob who has become a friend or someone else, you know, when we put those things on Twitter or on Facebook or on IG, send us a comment, you know, send us something and let us know who you want to hear from. Is there a mom with student athlete that maybe you want to know a little bit more about? Cause again, Greg and I are here every day. So what we think I think is one thing, but what the casual fan thinks is another thing. Sure. So do that. And also something else you have to do. You have to be here. We got a big weekend coming up. Saturday, you get your first in-person look at the Mammoth Hawks football team that will take the field for year one in the CAA. There is a free-for-all open scrimmage. It starts at 2 o'clock on Saturday. You'll also have a chance to get gear. The Hawk shop in the stadium will be open. It's open. Get your Hawk gear now. Don't be rolling up on on day one against Fordham. No, don't show up in like like, a Jets t-shirt. Yeah. No, don't do that. This is a t-shirt from another school that my other kid went to. Like, get here, get your Hawk stuff from the Hawk shop, and and be ready for the season. Plus, we have giveaways. We do. Oh, we have a ton going on. There's giveaways. There's an autograph signing. Autograph session. You can, if you purchase tickets, you can pick them up. If you have yet to purchase tickets, it's a great excuse. You can come here one stop. Check the team out and then buy your tickets. And if you're waiting to see the team to buy your tickets, trust me, you're going to want to buy your tickets. Yeah, team's good. Team's good. We had a great media day event uh, yesterday here on campus. Uh, it really was great. So Saturday, open scrimmage, free to attend for all. That is at 2 o'clock over at Kessler Stadium. Get your gear. And then the next day, Greg, we have our very first broadcast of the season, our very first broadcast on Flow Sports Numero ever. Uno as the women's soccer team will take on the university at Albany. That is a non-conference game. Um, Albany out of the America East, obviously Monmouth out of the CAA. We had some big news about flow sports coming out. And I think um, there's, I think the word is confusion among people who just haven't dove in yet because there's great information on our social media and on monmouthhawks.com, but there's a discount code out there for Monmouth fans that want to sign up for the flow sports package. It's your best way to ensure that you can see Monmouth, not just home, but home and away as well, because all of the teams in the league are doing it. And, you know, Greg, you've worked intimately with the crew at the CAA and with flow, um, I'm getting to know, you know, this crew and, um, you know, it's a dedicated group that is really excited about bringing colonial athletic association sports to the masses. And ESPN was great for, for us. And it was a tremendous broadcast home for goodness, almost 10 years, but we're excited about what flow sports means. And there's no shortage of options to go and get a discounted code for the entire year on our website right now. Yeah. Go to, go to our website. We put up a story. You can cycle through and find it's, it's the way to get the, the lowest price. If you're a student or if you have an EDU, um, an EDU, uh, email address, you can get an even deeper discount. I think another dollar a month. Uh, but, Here's the most important thing that I want to kind of drive home. The same quality broadcast that you're used to getting on ESPN, you will get on Flow Sports. Correct. It's the same directors. It's the same, well, similar kids working. We have new, new sets of kids. But it's those would same, be the same whether we were on ESPN or not. Correct. It's the same broadcasters you know and love, like my co-host here. Uh, we are actually, you know, like we've always done, putting more resources into the broadcast. So there's going to be some little wrinkles here and there that you're going to see some new camera angles, some new little tricks, uh, more technology. So it's going to be the same great broadcast, just on a new home. And Flow Sports has has apps. I download the app on my phone. Uh, you can reach it through a computer. You can reach it through if you have a Fire Stick. There's yeah. a Fire Stick app that you can watch. You can cast it to your TV. Okay, smart TV. Smart the whole TV. Deal. Smart. They do not. One thing they are have not penetrated yet is the smart TV market. So if you buy like let's so say get a your Samsung, fire okay. So get a Fire Stick. I think they work with Roku. It's all on the website. There's a billion ways to do it. Um, I do owe uh, one of our longtime supporters a phone call back. Uh, it is number one on my list of things to do. Uh, Henry Spence down in Florida called me for some tech support, and I have not been able to call him back, and I feel terrible. I know he doesn't listen to this podcast, but if someone knows Henry who does listen to it, <laughs> tell him that I apologize and I will be calling him as soon as we're done here. I email with my guy, John, all the time. I had to kind of, you know, let him know what was going on. And you can also 
pass along that discount code to anyone you know that might want to watch Monmouth yeah. Athletics. So yes, the .edu, you get an extra special discount, but there is a overall discount for Monmouth fans. You can send that if you have like an email list or a text list that you kind of keep up with people on. Um, send that to everyone. The CAA is really good about wanting to get a lot of eyeballs on their product. Flow is a great partner for them, and this is the best way that you can ensure that you can see all the games. Sure, and, and we have some more exciting news coming down the pipe. I can't quite announce it yet, and we're still finalizing some deals on it, but um, let's just say that there will be an even greater audience that will be tuning in Hopefully, that's me knocking on wood uh, to Monmouth Broadcast. So keep your eyes and ears peeled, and um, we can't wait to see you out at these games. Yeah, so obviously we want to see you at the game. And then, you know, the great thing about Flow and about everything else is you could go back. I know a lot of fans go back and watch the game. Sometimes they like to see it live, but then they like to go home. And uh, I've had people tell me, they say, look, we like to go back. We want to hear what you guys were talking about on the broadcast. We want to maybe see a replay that we couldn't see if we were there because I wasn't looking at the video board. I was watching the action. So, you know, it's a great way just to to get the full immersive experience, you know, of our broadcasts and, and, you know, we're allowed to do a lot. We get to do some really fun things. We've got some great analysts. I would put our analysts up against any school produced analysts across the board. Shannon Poser at soccer, you know, Alex Carroll at, um, at field hockey, We've got a, a plethora of analysts for football that you'll see. We're not even yeah. going to name them yet. We're going to roll them out. Basketball. I mean, we've got Steve with hoops. We've got Leo with baseball. Erica with women's lacrosse. Tim on math. And by the way, there's even more. So yeah. I, I would I mean, put our analysts up against D and and uh, even Dave Calloway jumps in D, from then and then. Dave, we had Phyllis, um, you know, Mangina join us last year. A smooth sometimes comes down. Yeah, it's that's why the broadcasts. Are part of the reason why they're the best is that we have good analysts that are um, that are not homers. They're going to call the game like they see it, and, and most importantly, like they have good knowledge of the game. They're not just up there talking as a fan. No, listen, I I sit next to ninety percent of them during the course of the season, and I learn what kind of you know goes on around the league. And the cool thing is, too, everyone is the league that we're all learning for the first time. So you know what, do it with us in step as we go through Get some these tickets. Season. And Get your Flow Sports subscription. And your gear. I think we hit all the main things. So I think we'll do it again next week. What do you say? Uh, definitely. And we'll have some actual contests to talk about that. I can't wait. Let's do it. Fly Hawks. This has been a production of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved. Yeah.